Hey guys, this is Shane Trevino here with another podcast of Venturing Out. I'm here with Callie Carr. Hi guys, my name is Callie Carr and I'm a marketing and entrepreneurship major and I am super excited to get started with this podcast. And joining us today is Corey Dickman. Hey Corey. Hey, how's it going Shane? Hello Hello, Callie. (laughs) Doing all right? We're super excited to have you here today. Thanks man, I appreciate it. So help our listeners get to better know and understand a little bit about who you are. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, gr- grew up in Portland, Oregon or a suburb of, of Portland, uh, came to Waco uh, to go to Baylor. So that's what brought me here. Uh, was a, started out as a, as a business major, pre, pre-business could, could not get through accounting was my like, <laughs> oh, was my yes. like Achilles heel, like took it twice Dropped it once, failed it again. So my my dad, uh, who's very wise, was like, Corey, you know, I, I'd always wanted to start a business or get into business, obviously. Yeah. And so uh, my dad was like, if this is going to be what deters you from graduating, like, let's just maybe switch majors yes. and you can just hire a CPA, you know, when, <laughs> when it gets down. And I was like, you're, you're right on. So, Smart dad. <laughs> yeah. So I looked at my options of what I had that I could uh, change my major and still graduated in four years. And so it was communications, you know, was, was pretty standard. I had taken some comm classes already. And then, uh, but, but I was like, eh, it seems kind of boring. So we, there was a film track too. So it was communication specialist was yeah. my technical, uh, or was my degree. And so that's what I graduated with. Um, always with this mindset of, you know, I'll start something after, you know, down the road. Um, yeah. And then graduated from Baylor was in a relationship with somebody and thought I needed to stay closer to, to Texas. Okay. I was planning on moving back home to Portland, and uh, but she was staying uh, around here. And so I was like, what can I do to stick around? And so that was, you know, I'm old, so that was like 2010. And Waco just wasn't very cool yet, and yeah. uh, there wasn't a lot of opportunities. Uh, not too much activity. Not, not a whole lot going on, no. And so... Uh, my really the best option was to just stay and go to grad school yep. and so yeah. I, I kind of did it more just because I was like well that seems fine and I'll you know I'll get some assistantships and help that you know pay for grad school and yeah. so I stayed uh, did it in sports management was my master's uh, was thought well I'll, maybe if the business thing doesn't work I'll get into sports I was always really interested in uh, you know sales and sponsorships and things like that and so I thought, well, that's what I'll do. So then I stayed up here, Bay- you know, here in Waco, went to Baylor to finish my master's. During that time, the, the girl I was dating did not pan out. And so, you know, I always tell people, don't don't stay in school just because you're with somebody. Right. So, yes. um, but uh, yeah, I graduated, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Uh, went back home uh, to Portland, was just trying to, you know, I was, I was working a job yeah. and, and at this small food dis- distribution company, kind of like a... Uh, like a U.S. Foods or, you know, Cisco. Like, it was just right, it was a family-owned right. one, just doing marketing and whatever they needed me to do. Um, and then uh, my mom got sick, and I stayed home and was taking care of her, and, and my dad was where It's just, you know, my mom, my dad, and myself. And so, uh, and then she passed away uh, early 2015, and one of my best friends had started uh, an escape room in, uh, in Tennessee, and so okay. his name's Jared, and Jared also went to Baylor, did undergrad and grad school here. Right. And okay. so reached out to me and was like, 
you know, I, I was kind of just going through the motions of life. Like I w- really wasn't motivated to do a lot of things. I, I just, you know, we were a really tight knit family and, and, you know, mom was like a big, she was the entrepreneur of the family and, you know, mm-hmm. was, you know, I was kind of just followed her and just like, oh yeah, I want to do these things. And, so, and do you feel that's where you got a lot of your entrepreneurial yeah, spirit? I think so. Yeah. My, my dad, I mean, he's always super supportive and he's kind of gotten into that entrepreneurship realm more of late. Uh, but really growing up, I mean, he's had the same job for 30 years and, you know, worked work, work downtown and, you know, that was it, and which yeah. is great. It, it was like, is that for me? Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, so Jared was like, why don't you move back to Waco and let, let's let's do an escape room. You know, let's do a one in Waco. Um, just change, you know, like, just get me kind of back into life yeah. uh, a little Definitely. bit. And so, yeah, yeah that's um, what we ended up doing. and. Brought me back to Waco. Well, it's always great to have a Baylor bear with us. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Super Bears. So you went back to Portland there for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then tell us a little bit more about your buddy Jared. So your buddy Jared, he reached out to you because an escape room. Like, to me, that's so random. And that was back (laughs) how how, like, that was back in 2010. Shoot, man, that was, um, so he had started, so Union University Mm -hmm. is uh, in Jackson, Tennessee. And that's where he was working. He has a degree in uh, higher education. And so uh, they were running a program there to basically raise like scholarship funds. And so Jared oversaw about 11 students and they did like new student programming and stuff like that. You know, some of what we have here at Baylor, just on a much smaller scale. And one of the ideas was build out an escape room. And Nashville is kind of like the capital of escape rooms as far as the yes. United States goes. Interesting. Um, yeah, so Nashville is, is really cutting edge. And so, you know, not being that far from Jackson, Jared knew about that. Um, but it's very, the way his brain works, it's very puzzle. Like, like we're, we're big gamers. Like, we love trivia. Like, we, we're super competitive. Like, so all the ideas of an escape room is like building out a room with puzzles that you have to solve and you have to work as a team and then you have a time limit and there, there's a leaderboard and yes. like all the things that we love. And so Jared, Jared built out, uh, they did four rooms on campus. Uh, so himself and then the students that he had and uh, they ran it for two weekends and that was kind of that. He told me he, he was doing it. Like he was really, he was excited about it. And I was like, oh, whatever. Like yeah. I didn't know what they were, you know, at that time mom was going through tr- uh, treatment right. And so I was just like really focused on, you know, trying to get her healthy and things like that. And so, but I was like supportive of him, you know, I was like, go get it, man. Um, But what ended up happening was they did it on campus and they did like zero marketing. Like there were, there was like maybe posters put up, but like there really wasn't an effort done to get people to come because it was just students. Right. And and union is, is a small school. So it's like you kind of start telling your friends and then everyone just shows up and it was five bucks per person. Well, what ended up up happening was after two weekends, all of these Jackson residents, they were like families, you know, uh, people that own businesses. Like they found out about it and came and played and and it was crazy successful. So it was like, they thought it would be a bunch of students that ended up being a bunch of people that actually live in Jackson. And so Jared, and and then there was another guy um, as well that worked at the university that ended up partnering with Jared to start their own escape room in Jackson, Tennessee. And so they opened that up and that would have been, 
you know, probably um, end of 2014, yeah. maybe early 2015. So somewhere in that range, and Jared could correct me there, but so that's when they whole, got started. This whole Waco, ex- or this whole escape room idea mm-hmm. for Jared started all out of a fundraiser? Really, pretty much, yeah. I raised wow. scholarship wow. funds and did it on campus. Because they didn't, yeah. Jared didn't make any money from that first. Mm-hmm. You know, that all went to the university. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, and a, an idea was born out of that. An idea though. was born out of it, and like I said, people were doing it. I mean, there was the the escape game, you know, right. which is a huge yes. brand, is out of Nashville, and so you know they had played there. That was the first room I had ever played when I I landed. I, I flew to Nashville, met with Jared, met with Lee, and and was like deciding if we needed to do this in Waco. So we played the escape game there, and right. I was just like blown away. It was so cool, and so yeah, it had been done. But it was very new. I mean, very, very, very new at that time. Yeah, so what I found interesting was here are on a college campus, Jared is trying to get this escape room going for a fundraiser. Yep. I would expect students to almost flood in, but it seems like more of his market came from Mm -hmm. families in the area. Yeah, for sure. And you think we would have learned from that. And I'll... I mean, I don't know how where where we want to jump around in the story, you know, but... uh, you know, kind of fast forward to when we opened up here in Waco was 2015 and it was fall of 2015. And there was, you know, there were no silos there. There was no McLean stadium. Like Waco was still, it was starting to move, right? Fixer Upper had been, had been out for a season and you could feel like we would go to the little shop on Bosque where they have the, the original Magnolia store, that thing would be packed. I mean, you'd walk mm-hmm. in there, you couldn't even move around. And so it oh, was wow. like, it was starting to be popular. And they had obviously bought the silos and they were renovating it. And yeah, so we knew these things were coming, but, um, we, you know, it just wasn't there yet. And yeah. so we were looking downtown to open the escape room because that's where everybody, it wasn't because we thought downtown was cool. It was not cool. There was nothing downtown. Yeah. Um, but in every other city where there's escape rooms, it had always been in like an urban downtown area so we just thought well that's what we have to do because in the suburbs clearly this doesn't work you know for whatever reason but come to find out we we weren't able to start downtown we couldn't find a building that would be ready in time Mm -hmm. so so we did start over by target which is kind of suburbs right Right. of waco right Um, and it ended up being a lot of families that came Um, it wasn't Mm -hmm. students it was and originally when you did come to waco were you thinking more oh baylor students would Oh, for sure. TSCC, MCC, Baylor. Like, that was, like, our our target. We were going to – I mean, because we were, like – we were students, right? We wanted to – we would go do stuff like that if it was available. So that's totally where we thought we were going to make it. jumping forward, Corey, so you and Jared partnered and Mm -hmm. decided, hey, let's go on ahead and open up this escape room in Waco, Texas, where it's a little bit of the same atmosphere, the college students – family, suburbs, and now you said you came to find out that y'all's market wasn't exactly what y'all initially thought it was going to be. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it was Jared, myself, and then we had a third partner, his name is Lee, and so um, it was the three of us, and we, they, Lee and Jared lived in Tennessee, Mm -hmm. so they weren't in Waco. Lee had gone to A&M, so he knew a little bit, obviously, kind of central Texas-ish, but um, but really Jared and I kind of knew Waco, or what we thought we knew Waco. And so yeah, we started and thought, yeah, our demographic is you know, 18 to 22-year-olds, something fun to do on Friday nights and Saturday nights, um, and that's how we'll go. And so our, our first kind of sticking point to like for demographical information is it kind of actually started with price point, right? because uh, we, we were $20 a person. 
And in the escape world, that is the cheapest room you're probably ever going to play. I, I, your average price is probably 30, uh, 35. Yes. If you're in Austin or Dallas, um, you, know, you go out to LA, you go to Vegas, it's 50 a person. I, yeah. When I yeah. was in Portland, I went to a yeah. couple and they were like 30 well, yeah. at least. Portland is 30 yes. to 35, 36. So yeah. like 20, we, in our world, we thought, oh man, this is, this is affordable. In Waco, oh man, people were like ready to, to bury us. Like, we're paying 20 bucks and this needs to be six bucks. Like, and so that was a tough, and, and for students, and I've been there and y'all are there here, like, you know, where's my student discount? Or, well, oh man, I only have so much money to do this or that. Yes. And so that was hard because 20 bucks was a lot. I mean, you could go see a movie, at least back then, mm-hmm. it was like $5 and show your student ID or whatever. So, you know, or we would just stay home and play board games and Mm -hmm. so but then as we found out with those Hewitt and Woodway families who have a little bit more disposable income or they're looking for stuff to do with their kids for birthday parties $20 to them wasn't as daunting as to the sophomore at Baylor was like I don't have I don't got 20 bucks to go do that so that's kind of where and then being on Lake Air uh, the street where we were was just a lot closer to uh, the suburbs, Hewitt and Woodway and places. And yeah. so that's where it, we kind of just stumbled into it. It was Christmas break when students were out of school. So, um, and Corey, so I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs run into is kind of trying to find that price point and where are you going to set those rates. And for you guys, you had to kind of play around with that and see. Mm-hmm. So did y'all end up adjusting that price point? Y'all just moved out to a different Different market. market. Yeah, we just marketed differently. Okay. Uh, we we did not. I I uh, our, our partner Lee. I will say he was very like keep it at twenty, keep it at twenty. And I was like, you're not here. We need to make this twelve. Like, right. and he, you know, he said stick to our guns, and you know, we have a good product. Um, we just have to, you know, educate. It really was a lot of education because escape rooms were new. People didn't know what we did. Uh, they thought we built panic rooms. They thought it was gambling. Okay. They we had a married couple show up one time and just hand me a hundred dollar bill and was like what room do we go in like super sketchy <laughs> oh, stuff yeah. like and the yeah. people did not know what we did so it just took time and so you know really two months of marketing hard and tons of networking events and groups to explain what we did well because so. i feel at that point escape rooms have here recently within the past you know several years mm-hmm. become way bigger of a thing sure. because yep. i mean it wasn't so much just entering a new area of Waco, introducing them to escape room. It was yeah. kind of just a new concept. Yeah. It was kind of built on that. Y'all really yeah. Yeah. had to build that up. We did. I mean, there weren't many. There was probably seven in the whole state. You know, yeah. it was like two in Austin, two in Dallas, two in Houston. Like, at the time, actually, Waco had another one. It, it was in Robinson, so mm-hmm. just like right outside the city. But there was another escape room here before we <laughs> opened, and I was like, dude, this we're not going to make it. Like, these huge cities have two. How is Waco going to have two? You know, there's there, there's not yeah. enough to go around. Um, again, I was wrong there too. Like we were fine with the with them being here, but uh, but yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the things I like about Waco is a lot of. I mean, maybe not as predominant as Austin or these other big cities, but Waco sure. has been bringing a lot of new cool ideas. Yeah. So yeah. for the whole escape room for you and your partners to be able to bring here to Waco and yeah. Let the idea kind of grow. Yep. Super neat. Yeah, I know. And, and like, and, and my dad was helpful in that because, you know, my, my mom had, had owned some scrapbook stores, uh, you know, pre kind of 
Facebook and stuff where people like still printed off pictures and like had photo albums and stuff like that. And so like my dad knew like starting a business is rough. And when I decided to come down here and do this, you know, I, uh, Jared and Lee had brought about $30,000 to the table and I, I had 10. And so we had, you know, we put in some money. Uh, but that was all of our starting capital. And really my dad, though, what he gave me, in my opinion, was better than, than money. He, right. he was like, hey, like, and he wasn't being negative to say this, but he was like, when this fails, because it's probably going to fail, because <laughs> a lot of these fail, um, you know, we'll get you out of a lease. Like, you can come back to Portland. I, you know, he's, he's like, you can live with me, like, get back on your feet. So it wasn't like if I started this business and we completely flopped we weren't going to be like in tons of debt or have to file bankruptcy or have, you know, like where it cripples you for years afterwards, which, which was great because then that allowed me, I think to kind of swing a little bit more to, to, to the fence and kind of take take more of a risk, take more of a risk. Like every business is a risk, but to, you know, kind of uh, one of them that really paid off was we hired, um, 11, 11 students. We, we right off the bat and they were all part-time, but I, I pretty much was like, you have a pulse, you're hired. Like, you know, I was like, I just need bodies. I need people to help me. And, uh, but my, I fully expected probably five or six to quit in the first couple of weeks. Cause it was like, we didn't have tons of hours to go around. It was a cool job. Like, you know, skateboarders is fun, but no one left. Like one person quit, but they weren't really that great anyway. So we had all these employees and I just kept staffing them and we had no business. We, we, we would just sit there like watch Netflix. We would like, um, do like room tests like the employees would go and try to yeah. play the room and they knew that, the room that sounds like a fun yeah job. like we yeah. were just and we got to know each other but I remember Jared was you know you look at the payroll and it was just like Corey we gotta start letting some of these people go or cut right. hours and I was like I was so against it because I was like when we get busy we're gonna because we had we had three rooms that we started and then we added a fourth one okay so y'all initially started we with started with three rooms, rooms okay. yeah and you have to have in a perfect world you have one employee per room and then, like, yes. one that's checking in people. So, like, mm-hmm. you have to have a staff. You really can't run it on a Saturday with one or two people. Like, no. you could do it for an hour and be okay, but for five hours, like, you're you're going to be making mistakes. No. And so we kept them. We were really burning through payroll, and we shouldn't have been. Yeah. But um, but it, it, it'll, it kept them there. And then when we got busy, we had a staff, right. as opposed to trying to, like, hire quickly right. and train on the spot. It would have been a mess. So. Yeah. Well, Corey, if you don't mind, I want to backtrack a little bit because yeah. <clears throat> we were talking about some of that capital that you initially started off sure. with. For a lot of our students, that's where they run into some of the biggest issues is yeah. gaining that capital. Mm. But what did that look like for you? I know you had different partners. Sure. So how did you guys go about that? Yeah. So we um, are like equity split. I was, I was, ba- I was started off, I was 50% owner. And then Jared and Lee, they, they, were, they were each married at the time, too. But it, it was 25% for both of them. And so that's how we got started as far as equity splits went. Uh, and then as far as payback, we you can kind of – you can eat the elephant a couple different ways. You know, you can if, – if, if you have partners that are putting in different amounts, uh, and then you can either adjust that with equity and just move forward, and, and that's that. Or you can say, you can say oh, okay, well – you know, you put in 30, I put in 10, let's pay ourselves back those amounts, but then maybe equity changes after that in, in favor of like, you know, whoever's running more of the business or maybe someone so doesn't get their money out, uh, but then retains more equity or vice versa. And so what we did was, and we always kind of played it more cautious, but it was kind of a, hey, let's, the you know, if we had 10,000 in profit, let's say like, 
um, we would make sure the initial investments got paid back to the original partners who were active partners, right? Nobody was like an angel investor in this sense. Like everyone had a job they were doing within the business. So that's kind of how we did it. So we, we went through it. They got paid back their 30. I got paid back my 10. And then after that, we just we did our profit splits or right. dividends based on uh, percentages. Now, I'm curious to know because you did have different partners. It's funny here. Yeah. We take the different business law classes to where mm. people are kind of setting their, you know, that the boundaries from the beginning, right? Because mm-hmm. that, that's another line you're setting mm-hmm. when working for partners. And oh, I know yeah. we have different students here yeah. who are between, do I partner... Do, do I go by myself or what does it look like to be partner? What advice would you give to those students? Uh, that are looking for partnerships or who not are, looking for partnerships? Well, who are looking Trying to, to go into partnerships yeah. and making those decisions. What are some things mm-hmm. that maybe you wish you knew or some conversations that maybe you wish you would have had? Yeah, no, great question. Um, twofold. I think if you... I think path one is just if it's capital, if you just need capital mm-hmm. and the investor is not looking for, you know, if you just, they could say, here's a loan and call it a day. And then you you keep all your equity. Right. If they're saying, Hey, I want this much of the business, but you know, I'm, I'm clearly bringing the money to the table and here's access to additional funding if, if we need it or if we hit certain benchmarks, but they're very clear that they're not going to take an active role. Mm-hmm. You have to make that decision and just and adjust those percentages to make sense. You know, you don't want to give somebody that's going to be passive, uh, you know, in my opinion, over half or more of the company. I it just doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't make sense. Right. Especially when you're getting started as a student, like you, what you're bringing to the table is your time, right, and a potentially an idea that you have, and someone now has, you know, you've pitched it, so they're giving you money. So clearly, it makes sense to them at least. So you're going to be putting in a ton of blood, sweat, and tears, and, and, and maybe ideally some of your own money too, even if it's not tons. It, it Maybe it matters to you, and that's what keeps you going. So uh, I, I think you make that decision early on, like how badly do you need that capital to get started if it's a bigger idea and you need more startup. Um, then there's the other side of the coin with if it is just partners, right? If you're just like, hey, I'm good at this. Shane, you're good at this. Callie, you're good at this. What with, let's all cut it 33% and make sure that, you know, we balance each other out. That's usually the way people like to go with it, right? Cause it's easier that way. We, it, it, it you're going to do your job here, but you have to lay that out. It's crystal clear. Like you have to have an operating agreement that is, I'll say ironclad, but it is very, you do this, you do this, you do this because Nine times out of ten, it's always like, oh, we get along, we're friends. We're friends. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Let's go in partnership with yeah. the best friend. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be fine. I'm telling you, it's not always fine. Uh, and it's not like in an ugly way, but, you know, something's going to happen and you have to look at each other and say, are you doing that or am I doing that? What does our agreement yes. say? And so partnerships, I think, are fine starting out. I, I don't think I could have done it by myself. Um, you know, there's roads to this now. Like escape rooms were so new back then, but... Now you could pay a company, you know, 10 to 20 grand like per room and they'll, and they'll, they'll construct them for you. They'll come in, they'll do all that. You know, you might have to spend 60 to 80 up front, but then you could retain all the ownership and then hire your staff and go from there. But I just didn't, I I wanted to have like 
a team. Like I wanted to be able to call somebody up and, you know, Lee or Jared and say, okay, this is what's going on, you know? And so that's why I think partnerships are good to at least start, especially mm-hmm. when you're in school or right when you get out of school. And cause as long as it's clear, everybody's putting in their time and energy and, and, and just very clear what that operating agreement yeah. looks like. So. Well, well, Corey, to kind of transition, I kind of want to jump over into some of your other stuff. So I kind of consider you a serial entrepreneur sure. because it doesn't just start at yeah. the escape rooms or stop there. Sure, sure, sure. So if you want to touch a little bit on that yeah. other stuff, because I know Waco Axco, that's yeah. another thing you yeah. got going. Yeah, Waco Axco, um, you know, Waco Pedal Tours was, was very early on in there. And that's, and I know it kind of, you know, Road Capital, it was kind of the the company born out of uh, necessity almost because we started getting down into other uh, other pathways and other businesses. And so we had opened a few other escape rooms uh, before we did other kind of uh, styles of businesses, if you will. I, they're all kind of within this um, customer service, entertainment, activity. They're, they're all kind of under that, that umbrella, but they are a little different in how they all operate. So uh, but yeah, it was escape rooms was what we started with, and then we did another escape room uh, south of Austin. Was after that, and Super then neat. opened up another one in Portland, uh, Oregon. Um, but then we we got into pedal tours, uh, which is our or, you know, sixteen passenger pedal bikes. They they ride around downtown, <laughs> and we had an employee who was just incredible. Like as far as his entertainment level and. Uh, he could sing, he could dance, he could laugh, it made people laugh like he was the perfect tour guide. And so we pitched it to him and said, hey, if we do this, you know, we'll give you some, we'll give you equity in the business, you know, but really your job is do the tours, you know, and make yeah. them as fun as possible. And so uh, we, we, we purchased the bike out of uh, Fredericksburg, Texas, had one for sale. So we bought one, brought it to Waco. Um, had our had our tour driver and and got and got rolling, you know, and we've you know, we've since, you know, built another bike and there's a third one on its way. And, and it, it, this business has had, you know, bumps along the way as, as well. But that's well, that was the next one. And then it was actually Nexus Esports was next after that, which is like a, a competitive um, video gaming center where you can have a membership and go game anytime you want. You can be on a team. We have tournaments. Um, it was really cool. It, it is really cool. We, there was an idea out of L.A., called the esports arena okay i got out there and visited there and, and so it was like how do we bring that to waco so we did that um and then i guess yeah axe was after that we we had invested in a a, a baylor student who was doing cookies um bittersweet was the yeah. name of the cookie business and so had had partnered with with her for a little bit um and then had and then after that was waco axe co yeah. uh, rogue media network is a uh, talk about podcasting, but yeah, pod, uh, <laughs> yeah, podcasting network, and um, yeah, most recently, Cultivate Seven Twelve is an art gallery here that had already existed, but right. um, uh, but yeah, I don't know, I'm probably forgetting things. But no, you've some, got some stuff you've in there. Really been a little bit of everywhere, and yeah. you kind of hit on it, Corey. But you know, from pedal tours to the esports, the Waco Axe. You really are in the entertainment. We are, yeah. Like <laughs> I'm really curious because that's not an easy, mm-hmm. I feel, industry to be in. Like even with you know restaurant, they're like just different things. Yeah. Like, yeah. how has that experience been, and what do you feel has drawn you towards being really in that entertainment spectrum of things? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, we, we, we always like see needs and we try to fill them. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I think I'm a, like a problem solver. I, I, you know, you look at Waco and it was like, what, what is there? What is there missing? You know? And it was always like things to do. Well, there's a lot of things missing, but, but <laughs> one of the things was like things to do, you know? And so when we got into escape rooms, it, you know, through that business, you kind of start to pick up like processes and procedures for how an entertainment kind of business works, you know, how, how you do bookings, the type of employee you have to hire, like creating an experience of people come, they have fun, they tell their friends about it. And so really that's the blueprinted model, right? You kind of can cookie cutter that. So if it's throwing axes, if it's riding a pedal bike, if you're playing video games, if you're uh, reserving event space at an art gallery, like even even cook, even bittersweet, the idea was make this make this an event, right? Like th they weren't Tiff's treats cookies. They were like huge cookies with like, you know, there was music. It was a style mm -hmm. and a feel like they would sell out. Like it, it, it had that like activity feel to it. You weren't just going to eat a cookie. You were going to like experience a cookie. Mm -hmm. And so that's like all the things that because we just got good at that with escape rooms, let's just keep duplicating that with other things. And so I think that was more more really out of just there's nothing to do in Waco. Yeah. I, I hated hearing that and I, <laughs> yeah. and I hated experiencing that myself, right? right? I mean, yeah. you know, we, we I don't know about y'all, but like we just, we would have like yeah. dance parties at our house or we had like board game nights or movie night. Like we just stayed at our condo. In all the time. Yeah, yes. we never yep. we never went down. There was like dueling pianos for a little bit. Like <laughs> not even the bars were super great right. and they're still improving. So there just wasn't much to really go do. Yeah. And so I think that was what the point of it was just trying to yeah. fulfill a need. And I think that's, you know, what an entrepreneur is. You see there's a need and you try yeah. to fill it and yeah. you know, keep on tying it back to the things to do. I mean, mm -hmm. Waco there really wasn't yeah. at the time a whole lot to do. You no. had it way yeah. harder than we did. Yeah. Now you have what yeah. they built the top golf, mm -hmm. the main event, yep. the, the big movie theater. Yes. Oh yeah. Like you finally get a feel of like, Oh, this feels like an actual, actual town. city. Yeah. yeah. City. Maybe they're like one I grew up in and now there's actual things yeah. to do and not like a small town. And, uh, and Waco is definitely, I think changing some of its like definitely. preconceived notions of what the town used to be like and where it's heading. And yes. Well, to keep it geared towards our student, sure. what are some things that our students can be doing now mm -hmm. to either help them later down the road, whether that be with their business or networking? Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to those sure. ambitious entrepreneurs? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't want to speak for like every local entrepreneur or even if even if it's in another city, but like I, I would just reach out and just see, you know, hey, can I treat you to coffee? I, like that will always get me, uh, you know, if you're like, oh, you're, you're going to treat me to, you know, we'll go to dichotomy or something. Yeah. That's cool. So like I, you know, an, an hour of time is not like, is not terrible, and especially if it's like a well, well thought out, you know, if you're yeah. like, hey, I would love to take you to coffee, pick your brain about these three things, you know, does, does this time work? Like, yeah. I think that's what is step one. Cause you got to, figure out like especially if it's in something you're interested in there's you know i could tell you all the mistakes do not try this right do not try this and there's a ton of things that students know that i don't know you know and here is a better way to to operate this or to do marketing in this way you know and and so i think you can use both those things together and, and start your business or know if you don't want to do it i, I think a lot of and now you probably hear this a lot, but it's like, uh, it's not as really figuring out what you want to do, but like eliminating what you don't want to do. Right? right. And so it's like, Oh, I don't want to do these four things. And I think by just asking questions, 
you can you can narrow it down a, uh, into a pathway. Um, but then I would say, you know, treat someone to coffee, ask them questions. But then you, I think you just, just do it. Like if it's like I want to start a, you know, whatever business, like a woodworking business, or I want to start a ro- rollerblading business or whatever, like just do it. You know, go to Academy and buy like 10 pairs of rollerblades and just put up a, a website or a Facebook page or an Instagram or whatever and just and just try it. You know, and just get into it. Like, it, it's like merge what you're learning academically to like experiential application and just put it together and just go, you know, and you're going to learn tons of that way and you may fall into something else that you didn't think would happen. But I think overthinking it is like, is the death of so many ideas. And um, I think figure out a way to do it economically that makes sense, you know, and that is still fun and interesting. And so, I don't know, the, the excuse like, oh, I can't do it, like, irks me man like you can do it yeah you can you can figure that stuff out so no I love that you know and I think you hit on a really good point I think a lot of students don't realize when you know reaching out to entrepreneurs you're trying to get into a lot of the value that they also bring to other business owners whether that be from the marketing strategies to how they can better better grow their capital I think that's all really great points that you hit on Um, Corey, well, thank you so much for being yeah. here with us today. I know I found a lot of value in listening. I, I did as well. Thank oh, you good. so much. Well, I, yeah. hope, I hope I like I didn't ramble too long or just or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I appreciate coming on. Where could our listeners find a little bit more information about uh, Waco Axe or? Sure. Yeah, I mean, really, it's just all on all the websites. You know, I mean, you typically you just Google Waco Axe Co. or, or Escape yeah. Rooms or Rogue Media. I mean, we'll, we'll be the things that pop up. That's the benefit of being in a smaller city right you're not you're not doing the like seo battle with nine other things so but yeah just reach out google and um somebody will get back to you awesome thank you Corey. yeah thank you